Hello and welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. I'm your host, Dylan of Neo News Today. In episode 51 of the NNT pod, I sat down and spoke with Harry Pearson, the chief architect of NGD Enterprise. Harry is a returning guest, and the last time we spoke was in 2019 after the NEO Community Assembly, which was also the last time the NEO developer community saw one another in person. In this episode, Harry and I talked about the lessons learned in blockchain development, NGD Enterprises focus on developers, 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 new features in N3 and the NEO Blockchain Toolkit, attracting new developers to the ecosystem, and much more. So I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation with Harry as much as I enjoyed having it. Uh, Harry, thank you so much for taking the time to join the Neo News Today podcast. The last time we spoke was right after the Neo Community Assembly in Shanghai in fall of 2019. So welcome back to the Neo News Today podcast. You are a returning guest. Happy to be guest. here. Um, Happy to be here. Very excited. Awesome. So when we spoke last, you had been developing in the Neo ecosystem, but now I would say you are a battle-hardened OSS dev. <laughs> and I just want to know, maybe in the past two years that you've been in the Neo ecosystem, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned on working on a blockchain project? Um, it's actually, I mean, it's a lot like working on any project, right? I mean, it's big, it's complicated. There are a lot of people involved and we're all trying to make the, you know, the best thing possible for our customers. And so like, obviously the fundamentals of, of something like Neo versus you know, other projects I've worked on has been, you know, the specifics are obviously very different. The, the languages we use, the, the, the community, um, the that you know the 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 thing that's really odd about this kind of a project relative to something like um like working at microsoft or working on, on these other projects is um you know the the way that you measure success is you know there's a very clear number <laughs> that's associated with you know uh how people perceive neo's value and and yeah, even more so than like a company like microsoft stock price and so um that's really the only major difference otherwise it's you know, it's a big, important project and I continue to do my part in it. And I really enjoy building developer tools. I was actually, uh, I, I don't know if this is, uh, uh, relevant really to the Neo community, but they announced the latest Turing award winner yesterday. And it's the authors of the famous dragon book, the compiler book, which was literally the first programming book I ever owned. Um, not exactly a beginner's book, uh, but my father taught compiler theory and that was his te his textbook and he had extra copies of it and he gave me one. And so, you know, I was a kid, I was like in high school, I thought it was cool because it had a dragon on the cover. And But, you know, it's not a coincidence that I today continue to work on building developer tools, compilers, programming languages. Um, Eric just committed uh, last night, our time, uh, the latest new, uh, compiler for the .NET community, uh, NCCS, the, the Neo compiler for C Sharp, I assume that's what it stands for. Um, so uh, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about compilers, uh, helping review that code, making sure that it's in good shape. And so uh, it's really, for me personally, it's really exciting that the, the gentleman who wrote that book, um, uh, Aho actually was like, he worked with my father at Bell Labs. He, my, he, like he reviewed my father's 
PhD thesis. And so it's really cool that he, that they won the Turing award. You could, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see their, their lecture. Yeah. Gil had Gil over at, uh, Axe Labs who, 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 uh, helped create Neow 3J also retweeted about the Turing award. So yep. it's definitely something that's circulating in the open source developer community. And I want to use this time to kind of highlight a lot of the cool things you've been working on. But as we ease into these questions that I want to ask, I just want to hear a little bit more about, you know, your perspective on the difference between the Neo blockchain versus other blockchain platforms out there. Um, uh, it, it's kind of cliche since I come from Microsoft, but it's developers, 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 right? I mean, I am a very strong believer in the virtuous cycle of platforms. And, you know, obviously I've worked on platforms for a long time. I've worked on developer tools for platforms. Developer tools are, um, I, I have described them in the past as anti, like in poker, right? You can't have a good platform if you don't have good developer tools. Um, I'm not sure I believe that anymore, right? Apple had very, very crappy developer tools for a very long time. They're actually pretty decent now, but um, they seem to have been done okay with, uh, you know, consumer demand for that phone thing um, uh, without having good developer tools for it. But it's certainly an important differentiator. And, you know, when you look at... Um, there aren't a lot of ways that different blockchains can differentiate, right? You have like, what is your consensus algorithm? Do you waste epic crap tons of electricity or do you, you know, do something smarter? Um, there, there's your, you know, the, your execution engine and what its capabilities are. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, as soon as you get into a space where you have to have a deterministic outcome, which all blockchains have to have, because you're executing the exact same operation on multiple independent machines, they better come to the same answer. And so your sources of, of um, non-determinism all have to be weeded out. The, the, the capacity of that runtime doesn't have to be super huge. Right. If you look at something like the the Ethereum VM or the Neo VM, they are much less capable than something like the Java Virtual Machine or this or the Common Language Runtime, and and that's by design, right? That's 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 a feature, not a bug, because you have to have this very limited set of capabilities in order to make sure that that system is deterministic. But one area that becomes drastically important is developer tools because the whole key here is to get developers to use it. And for me personally, it's all about trying to get scenarios that are beyond just like tokens, right? Like building a token on the Neo blockchain uh, is very easy, right? Uh, we have a sample. Uh, one of the three samples that I've published is a, is an, is a NEP 17 token. You could take that, change a few things, you know, put your address in it, compile it, and it will just automatically work with, every Neo N3 wallet that will be coming out. Um, if you took the, 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 the NEP5, the Neo legacy equivalent of that, it would work with all of the, you know, I have, I got airdropped some token, you know, back, you know, a couple of years ago, and it just shows up in my wallet every time I open it. And uh, I perhaps opened it yesterday when I was looking at the Neo price. Um, it was doing very well yesterday. So I was just looking at this yesterday. And so you, you, the thing that separates once you get outside of these simple scenarios, right? And 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 I think of a token as a relatively simple scenario. I'm really excited actually about this. There's been obviously a lot of interest around uh, non-fungible tokens lately, and I think that there's going to be a lot of interest in that space. The the simple idea of I'm going to have an unfungible token and trade it—that's kind of interesting. 
But for me, the ability to take and do much more interesting problems and solve much more interesting problems um, and having the tools available to support you in doing that, the better your tools, the bigger the problem that you can solve. Awesome. So that's a great segue into this next segment that I want to talk about, which is a lot of the great tooling that you've put into the, the Neo blockchain toolkit and a lot of the new features you've added. So I'm just going to throw out some of the new features that you've, you've built. And yep. I just kind of want to have you just go off on the rails and tell me about what it is and why it's so awesome. And we'll, sure. co we'll cover a few of these features. So the first one I want to talk about is contract task. Okay, so contact task. This is a great part uh, example of the partnership between NGD Enterprise, where I work, and the the Neo uh, Global Development folks in Shanghai. Um, one of the things that's very common in the new N3 version of Neo is uh, one of the the new features is the idea of native contracts. And so these are contracts that are built directly into the platform. So like NEO and GAS, the, the two primary tokens, those are not implemented as NEO VM contracts. Those are written in, in C Sharp. They're compiled uh, as part of the platform. And they uh, it makes it uh, very fast. It makes it very powerful. It gives us able to do certain capabilities. Like when we use this for our contract management, you can't write your own contract to manage other contracts, but because the contract manager is built into the system, it can. So they have access to additional capabilities that these different uh, contracts, uh, native contracts leverage for management and uh, voting and, and, and what role management, security, et cetera. And so there are certain scenarios where one of these native contracts needs to call into a, a contract that's been deployed uh, by a by a developer. Uh, the two common scenarios for this, the first one is Oracle callbacks. That's the way Oracles work. The native built-in Oracle infrastructure that's coming with N3, you make a call that says, hey, I want to go get this data off the internet. And this is an asynchronous request. So you write this and you say, when you get it, call me back on this number or you know, you know call me back on this operation. So then this raises an event and the external off-chain Oracle service picks it up and retrieves that information. The specifics of how that works you know, will, isn't really important to the scenario. But eventually it will then call back into a special function called Oracle Finish, which just says, hey, here's the thing the guy asked for. And then that function will call the function you asked it to call. Well, I wanna be able to debug that, right? That's kind of an important thing. I wanna be able to debug my Oracle callback. Another scenario is uh, automatic deploy scripts. Um, if you include a function called underscore deploy in your contract with the right signature, it actually automatically gets called during deployment. Uh, so for example, if you're building a Neo token, if you're building a, 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 an F17 token, you probably wanna mint a bunch of uh, tokens on, on creation. And so in Neo 2 or Neo Legacy, you'd have to have like an initialize function and you'd have to do a bunch of stuff to secure it, to make sure only you can call it and you can only call it once and all that kind of stuff. And now that's just handled by the platform. The platform just says, oh, the developer declared that he wants this function to be, you know, this initialization function to be called on deployment. Let's just call it. Well, I need to be able to deploy that. I mean, I need to be able to debug that. And the problem we ran into is that um, oftentimes you need an answer back from the uh, from that uh, from that contract. So the native contract has to be able to call into the user contract and get a result. And the problem is that if you just sort of run the contract, which is what we were doing uh, prior to the testnet release, you can't debug it. 
the debugger, there's a loop at the top of the debugger that says execute the next step, execute the next step. And I can control that in the debugger so the developer can say, oh, run to this point and then stop. Step only one step. Um, another thing that the debugger can do, I think I showed it the last time here, is it can switch back and forth between the source view and the Neo VM instruction view. And so I can step one Neo instruction at a time, or I can step one source level, which is usually multiple uh, VM instructions. So I needed to have the ability to control the debugger at the, you know control the execution at the top level, but I still needed the ability for the native contract to call into a user contract and get a result. And it turns out that this is very similar conceptually to the same kind of problems that asynchronous programming uh, causes. If you've ever had an application that froze on you, uh, Outlook used to be really bad at this. Um, what's happening is there's only one thread that can update the UI and it's like a special thread. And, and if you decide to do some long running operation on it, calculate pi to a million operations or whatever, then the UI freezes until that operation is done. Most people are not going to run, you know, calculate pi on their UI thread, but it, it was very common for people to do things like go get this off the hard drive or go get this off the internet. And most of the time that would complete pretty quickly, but every once in a while you get into this situation where, you know, the hard drive's defragging or internet traffic is such that the request that normally takes half a milli, you know, half a second is now taking 10 seconds and the app is just frozen for that time. Microsoft actually introduced uh, some new programming idioms uh, in C-sharp five that have really taken the industry by storm. Uh, it's a mechanism called async await. And it allows you, because asynchronous programming has always been very difficult. But this allows you to just sort of drop a keyword that says, hey, I know this thing I'm about to do is going to take a long time. That's okay. Let it run and um, call me back when it's done. Well, call me back when it's done. That sounds familiar. That sounds a lot like the, the, the debugging scenario. So we were able to actually build one of the very few production. Um, Microsoft calls them a task-like object, which is you know kind of a weird name. But... Um, we're one of the few production implementations of this that doesn't come from Microsoft. When Microsoft originally introduced C-sharp 5, there was a hard-coded list of, of, of task types. And um, a couple of releases later, when they realized they wanted to extend that, instead of just adding to the hard-coded list, they built in an extensibility point. So we're able to do that same exact thing. So the native contract can say, hey, I'm going to invoke this um, a, I'm going to invoke this user contract, and I'm going to await it. So from like when Eric is working on the platform and he's building a native contract, he can just say, await, you know, call from native task. And, but I still can control it at the top level from the debugger. So we get this great debugging experience and we have this great easy development experience for people who are working on the platform. Automatic deployment. Automatic deployment. That's a platform feature. Right. So uh, the I actually suggested it. So I like to brag about that, but I didn't actually implement it. Um, I do, in fact, occasionally contribute to the core platform, but the vast majority of my efforts are in the air in the developer uh, tool space. And so this was just a um, like you every time you see building developer tools, it takes a specific mindset, but it's actually not like that hard. You just do it. And when you find stuff that's annoying, you say, hey, let's fix that. I mean, I'll be perfectly blunt. The very first thing I ever built for Neo was the prototype version of what eventually became Neo Express. John demonstrated that at Consensus in 2019 in New York. Um, that was May 2019. I officially started working for Neo, uh, uh, for John, uh, as part of uh, Neo Global Development in 
June of 2016. So, you know, I was working obviously on this stuff prior to officially coming over. And I looked at the long list of instructions it takes to set up a private net and was like, well, this is a pain in the butt. I don't want to do this every time. Let's build a tool to make it simple. And I started by building some scripts and eventually turned into Neo Express. So the automatic deployment falls in that same category, right? Instead of forcing developers to have to, you know, automatically remember to, you know, they have to remember to do it and having anything that having something that happens automatically versus having to remember to do it. That's a plus. Um, there's a lot better security infrastructure because you know the security context in which the deploy is going to be called. You want to, if you're writing some kind of single use initialized function, you have to make sure only you can call it. So this is just a general purpose. It, it's not a huge thing, right? It's not this massive feature. Like you look at oracles, you look at native contracts, the amount of effort that goes into those kind of features, the amount of conversation and discussion and debate and, and implementation. These are big, big, big features. I mean, oracles took a long time to land because it's huge and it's important. This was dinky compared to that, but it's, it's those little things, right? Every time you can shave a little bit of pain off of the developers, out of the developer's life, the better, right? I imagine I'm going to come back to that because most of the things that I think you're going to ask me about in the developer experience fall into that category. Like, what can we do to make this just a little bit better? And if you add enough of those up, you end up with a dramatically better experience. And I think that you see that in Neo N3 versus Neo Legacy. All these features that we're talking about are all N3 specific. Um, so, you know, because obviously Neo Legacy is not going to be around for much longer. So there's not much reason to, I, sus I suspect, I have nothing to do with you know, the timelines for when various uh, chains are going to be running or turned off or anything like that. But, you know, we've put all of our focus since about last summer onto the N3 versions of these tools. And we've deliver delivered a bunch of these features. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't steal your thunder. I know you want to ask me about them. Um, but all of them come down to, boy, things would be a little bit better if we did this. Boy, this would be a little bit better if we do that. And so you end up with an experience that's just significantly better than what it was even a year ago and significantly better, I think, than anything else in the industry. So how about a little bit more about offline and batch mode? Okay, so this is really the huge feature, one of the big features that is uh, in the blockchain toolkit relative to the Neo legacy version. If you look at, any other set of developer tools on the planet, even like in um, in the Neo ecosystem, like you look at something like Neo Local, right? So Neo Local is basically just a bunch of Docker containers that have Neo CLI pre-configured so you can easily bring it up very fast, right? So you, instead of going through that, you know, 86 step or however, it wasn't really 86, but it was a long list of steps that it takes to set up a Neo uh, uh, network, you could just spin one up. The problem with that, with all of those, and, and I don't try to bash anything with Neo Local, is those guys have to build for a general scenario. Like, what do most developers need? And you know, what most developers need is usually a good guiding point, but it's never going to beat what I need. What do I specifically need on this project? And so that's been sort of a fundamental guiding principle around how we've designed things in the blockchain toolkit. What can we do to make sure that the developer can set this up exactly the way they need it? So when you create a Neo local environment, it has a bunch of Neo that's been taken out of the Genesis account and put into a bunch of wallets that they've created. If you look at you know other tools, it's the same kind of thing. With Neo Express, you don't get that. With Neo Express, you just get a brand new blank uh, uh, blockchain, and you can then do things like transfer the Genesis uh, Neo or gas. Uh, there's no Genesis gas in in Neo Legacy, but there is in Neo 3, uh, N3. Um, 
still adjusting to the new branding. Sorry, I'm a dev guy. I don't think about the marketing much. Um, so instead of having to just sort of say, oh, we're going to configure a bunch of this stuff, I just make it really mind-numbingly easy to do it yourself, right? So if you want to create a wallet, you just say Neo XP wallet create and then give it a name, DevHawk, Dylan, whatever. Um, and so if you want to have an Alice and a Bob, great, create an Alice and a Bob. If you want to use, you know, Steve and Frank, then use Steve and Frank. If you want to have two, you want to have 10, you want to have a million, however many you want, you can do it yourself. And so the thing with this is that when I was originally building the blockchain toolkit, we were using a lot of existing contracts that had already been developed. And one of the things that I discovered when I started to build contracts like from scratch is um, you have to redeploy the contract a lot. Like every time you change it, there's a set of steps you have to go through. Like, okay, well, I need to reset the blockchain back to this point. I need to deploy the contract. I need to invoke this. I need to take a checkpoint so that I can use it with my tests, et cetera, et cetera. And again, right, anything you have to remember to do is gonna be a problem. And if you can just have it happen automatically, then that's even better. Now, developers, I talk a lot about what we call the developer inner loop, right? I make a change. How fast is it between I type in a change to the contract and I'm running my test to make sure I haven't broken anything, right? How long does it take to make the change, save the change, compile the change, deploy the change, run the tests? And so we want that to be as fast as humanly possible. And so one of the things we've introduced in the Neo N3 version of the blockchain toolkit is offline mode and batch mode fits into offline mode. So the way that things work, you know, typically is you you run Neo Express and you, you can run, there's a special command called run. And so that basically says, I'm going to run and now I've actually got um, a node running on this private Neo blockchain that I have running on my local machine. Neo Express acts as a consensus node. It acts as an RPC node. It acts as an Oracle node. It acts as sort of an all-in-one. You'd never run this in production, but this is for developers. And so we wanted to have the maximum amount of capabilities. When you do this on production, you know, you pick, oh, well, this is a consensus node. So I probably don't want to run the RPC plugin or I want to run RPC plugin and I'm not a consensus node. So now these are all done as plugins, which is, again, for Neo CLI, that's exactly what you want. But for a developer tool, you wanted to just have the maximum capabilities out of the box. And then um, you'll, you'll deal with those other issues as you go to move to testnet and mainnet. The problem is that, you know, you generate a block, you know, Neo generates a block every 15 seconds. Now, you know, 15 seconds is a lot better than, I don't know, every hour, uh, every 10 minutes, the way that some blockchains work. But 15 seconds is, it's amazing how long a time 15 seconds is when you're just sitting there waiting for your block to finish. So like, I'm going to submit a transaction. So I'm going to, I'm, you know, we were talking about a minute ago about how I want to set it up exactly the way I want. So I'm going to create an Alice and a Bob account, and I'm going to transfer, you know, uh, a million Neo to each of them uh, from out of the Genesis pool. So you just say, you know, Neo XP transfer 1 million Neo from Genesis to Alice. Great. And it submits it. And then you wait for 15 seconds. And that 15 seconds feels like it lasts for a year. And I got tired of waiting. So what we actually have in Neo 3 is we can actually detect whether the node is running when you go to do that transfer command. So the transfer command says, okay, is the node actually running or is it not? If it is, then create the transaction, submit it via send, uh, submit it via the RPC mechanism the same exact way as you would if you were working with mainnet or testnet. However, if that Neo Express node is not running, I can spin up sort of a mini node 
execute a single block with this one transaction, sign it with all of the consensus node, because all the consensus node wallets are all in the same file, because again, this is a dev test environment stuff, and immediately commit it. So instead of waiting 15 seconds to do one operation, I can do it in a fraction of a second. Now, it's actually, it's about a second. So it takes, you know, at least on my dev box here. So to, you know, launch the process, connect to the database, execute the transaction, uh, get all of its, you know, results and, you know, commit it to disk and then shut down takes about a second for an operation like um, transfer or, or, uh, or um, uh, deploy contract, et cetera. So batch mode basically just allows me to group a bunch of these together in one execution. So what's nice about that is it's so fast, you can actually do it during the build process. So all of the samples that I've published, like the registrar sample, the NEP17 sample, and the Hello Oracle sample, every single one of those contracts, when you deploy, when you, when you build, so you build the contract, so there's a C-sharp to MSIL conversion, um, there's a new compiler coming. Uh, Eric just committed it, so we'll be moving to that one as soon as uh, as soon as we can. But it's a post RC one, and then it runs the the Neon compiler to to create the Neo VM, and then it runs a series of steps. So it'll reset the blockchain all the way back to Genesis, and it will do all the the transfers. Oh, I need to transfer this to to, to Alice and Bob. I need to deploy the contract. I need to take a snapshot or a checkpoint that I can run tests against. I'm going to do some operations. I'll take another checkpoint. The, the, the registrar one is a good example of this. So there's, you know, it, it creates the contract, it deploys the contract, takes a snapshot, and then it executes the contract to register a domain, and then it takes another snapshot. And so we have a block of tests that are, assume the, the contract has been deployed, but there are no, uh, uh, um, no domains registered. And then there's another set of tests that to test the, okay, there are some test uh, domains registered and I should be able to test things like I can delete it or I can't register a domain that's already registered. And it takes about four seconds uh, to do. There's about 10 steps that it does uh, during that. And it, so four seconds is fast enough that you can just include it in the compile process. So every single time you compile your contract, as part of that, at the end of it, not only do you have the contract, but it's also deployed and ready to go to run your tests. So like literally, if you spin up a brand new like environment with, and you just, you know, you've got a brand new machine or a brand new virtual machine or whatever. Uh, I do this with GitHub code spaces actually as a test. So you spin up a GitHub test uh, uh, code space. Um, it's a blank environment. Right. It just has, you know, it has the Neo tools installed, but it, that's it. It doesn't have a blockchain setup or anything. And you hit build and like, you know, uh, the, the amount of time it takes, I mean, it takes like 15, 20 seconds to the entire build process to go. But as soon as you've done that, now you can say .NET test and it can automatically run all the tests. You can just say .NET Neo XP run and you can run the, 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 the blockchain and start to experiment with it. It's all there ready to go. And having that so fast that it's happening in a, in a few seconds. And like adding batch mode was able to bring that from like 11 seconds to four seconds. Well, like when you're doing, when you're building dozens of times an hour, 11 seconds to four seconds, that's a big difference. So it's, it's again, it comes down to finding all the sharp edges and sanding them down. Right. And so I'm really excited about the fact that, you know, for, you know, for active development, the ability to build and deploy in seconds 
that's something I just don't think most blockchains have. I just don't think other blockchains, and even again, Neo Legacy didn't have that. We couldn't do that in Neo Legacy. Um, it it makes for a much better developer experience, and it's and in yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but it's that kind of focus on where are there's no problem that's too small when you do it a million times an hour, right? Like the difference between 11 seconds and four seconds, like it's six seconds, seven seconds, who cares? But again, if you're going to do it, you know, a hundred times an hour, seven seconds adds up. So that kind of focus on making sure the developer experience is as good as it can be. That's what I think we really bring uh, to the table, specifically at NGD Enterprise and generally across the NEO ecosystem. There's obviously a lot of other great things about the NEO ecosystem. Um, the language interoperability, right? I, I I pretty much hear something from Gwil, you mentioned him earlier, uh, from the Java, you know, from the NEO W3J project, the, the Java NEO uh, infrastructure. I hear from him almost every morning when I wake up. There's He's in Zurich, so he's several hours ahead of me time-wise. Um, and so I hear something from him almost every day. And it, it, it's it's great to see him and the stuff that he's doing. And, the, and, and it's obviously not just him. I'm just going to pick on him because uh, he called me out on Twitter. <laughs> um, but it, it's great to see that. And, and, and we try to make sure the stuff that we build with NGD Enterprise is all language neutral. So it'll work with all of these things. So like if you're a Python developer or you're a Java developer, or you're a C Sharp developer, whatever, all of the stuff in the blockchain toolkit is for you. I'm curious to hear a little bit about what your communication with developers is like, because every time you release a new version of the Neo Blockchain Toolkit or any of the tooling you work on, you make a call for for developers to speak with you. So are you speaking with like the Neo ecosystem developers? Are you speaking with other open source developers? Are you speaking with enterprise-oriented individuals? Who reaches out to you when you make these calls to communicate with other developers? So... Me personally, it's primarily developers are actually working on Neo things. And so like I actually have helped uh, just a couple of days ago, there was a guy on the Neo Discord who was having a problem. Um, he had installed the Neo 2 tools and he tried to move to the Neo 3 tools, but it, 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 he was having a problem. And I actually hopped on a video chat, a Discord video chat with him and helped diagnose his problem. And there was another guy who he was working with one of the earlier, I think it was like preview four time frame. And there was a piece of code in the platform that was converting a number to a string. And then it was trying to parse, but because he was in a different part of the world, the, the, instead of a comma, it was a period and it wasn't parsing correctly. And, and so we fixed this bug and he, you know, and, and he said to me, he's like, wow, it's really great that you're willing to hop on and, 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 you know, help me directly one-on-one -on -one like this. And I'm like, the more success that you have with neo the better it is for me right so it's it's actually relatively you know easy for me to justify that and you know even in cases like the gentleman i just helped a couple of days ago it that turned out to be a, a ms build problem it wasn't it wasn't a problem with any of the stuff i built no oh god no <laughs> um but you know it means that the next time somebody runs into this problem i will know how to fix it immediately as opposed to having to like you know have him no click there no click there no click there and until we find out what the problem was and so you know uh, you know 20 minutes of, of of troubleshooting by having him you know open up random files on his hard drive um not random obviously i'm just being silly um that means that the next time I run into this problem, I'll know what it is. And so I spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, John and Pung, they're spending a lot of time working with some of the other types of customers that you met, 
mentioned. Obviously, NGD Enterprise is heavily involved with the uh, the Interwork Alliance. This is you know we're one of the founding partners uh, along with Microsoft, and and that's obviously got a very strong enterprise focus. And so there's a lot of stuff that we do um, as a group that's involved in that. But it's not me personally um, as as involved in that kind of stuff. Now you're building a lot of great tools. So this question might be a bit redundant and I might even be asking you to look into a crystal ball, but how do we put the N3 tooling in front of new developers and how do we attract new developers to the ecosystem? So, you know, I, I worked for John about 20 years ago. I worked on this team that was called the architecture strategy team. I had just moved to LA uh, from LA to to Seattle. Um, I just had Patrick, who you know is now eighteen, had just been born, and I was in a job there. I I had to travel for work a lot, and I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to be in a job where I was gone fifty percent of the time and be a dad. And I worked for a, this team. It was uh, John was the senior guy on the team, you know, and he was the manager of the team by the time I left three years later. And one of the things that I did on that team was marketing, which is not really um, my specialty or what I'm particularly good at. And I learned, um, there's really no way to describe it without using curse words to describe just how much I learned, but it was a lot. Um, and, uh, it's critical that it's not just great engineering. You have to have great engineering, but you also have to have really good marketing too, because it's a crowded space, right? There's obviously a lot of different blockchains out there. There are a lot of different blockchains out there that are competing for developers. Like if you want to look at like, say, Neo versus say Bitcoin, they're very clearly different audiences. You know, the kinds of solutions that you want to build on top of Neo are not the kinds of things you would want to build on top of Bitcoin. You want to be able to interoperate it. Like obviously the Neo guys have done a fantastic job with stuff like Flamingo. And I'm really excited about that. But it's not really, you know, it's kind of an apples and oranges comparison to look at something like Bitcoin and to look at something like Neo uh, from a platform engineering capabilities perspective, which is the only thing that I talk about. Um, but in order to break through in that space, you you have to be able to, to people need to know, right? And that's a marketing question. And it becomes really critical to, to make sure that the right people know about the fact that this is a solution that's available to them at a time that they're looking for it. So, you know, what are the right solutions that you actually build on top of blockchain, right? It isn't a, you know, certain types of problems are well suited to it and other problems are not. And so, you know, you're not going to build a website, you know, on top of uh, any blockchain, Neo or otherwise, but you might want to build a website that knows how to talk to Neo, like a tracker, for example. Um, so I think that uh, Neo has been kind of low key for you know the last couple of years while it was working on N3. And I, I think that the, the biggest thing that we can do, we've been doing all of the hard engineering work now. The team in Shanghai and the folks around the world who build the platform and uh, you know me and my team who do the tooling primarily, like we've done all that hard work. And so now we really need to sort of beat the drum and get it out there. And so frankly, the stuff that you do as part of NT, uh, Neo News Today and the stuff that the marketing team does, right? These are all things that we need to do in order to so make sure people know about these tools and make sure that they're like, they're aware that these are, are this is a, yet another, you know, thing that hangs off their utility belt when they go to approach a problem. So I think that it, it there's only so much you can do from an engineering perspective. Um, I'm not stupid enough to make some comments on 
of recording about my opinion about certain companies and their technology versus other companies that I might have, in fact, used to work for and the technology that they have. But I got a very hard lesson um, in, you know, it isn't just about great engineering. You really do, you know, you have to solve the right problem. You have to make sure people are aware of it. You have to build something that people want. And these are all things that enter into it. And 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 there's only so much of those that are the, the the purview that I control, which is to say, you know, developer tool engineering or engineering in general. So um I I don't know if that's really answering your question, but that's kind of where I sit at it. I, I try to control the things that I can control and hope for the best for the things that are outside of my sphere of control. And and at this point, I think that, you know, we're getting near the end of, of the engineering effort for N3. And I'm really proud of the work that I've done. I'm really excited about the work that my, uh, my colleagues have done on the core dev team in the core platform where I don't spend very much of my time. Um, I, I, you know, it's not the end of the road, right? Obviously, you know, N3 is, you know, there's going to be continued work after N3 ships after mainnet is up and running. Um, but the, 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 it, it, I think it's time for all hands on deck now for Neo for N3 to, to make sure that people are aware of it and, and to, uh, and to, to build some really great things on it. Right. Uh, it, it, there's some really great stuff that's built on top of Neo legacy. And I think Neo three is just going to, not only we want to move all those things over, you know, stuff like Flamingo and, and, and what have you, but, um, we also want to, you know, like, what are we going to do to go off and, and get other things built on top of it? And again, you know, I used to work in sales at Microsoft. So, you know, technical sales, obviously. <laughs> you imagine me as a salesperson. Um, and, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, reaching out and finding the right problems and, and working with the right teams to solve them. And then once you have to have more of these solutions, then it becomes a snowball effect. And, you know, we aren't really quite ready to even start pushing that snowball down the hill for Neo3 yet but we're really close and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what the community builds. I'm really excited to see um, where some of the other, you know, other stuff that we can bring out of this and the, and to see people use the tools, use the platform. There was a guy on Twitter the other day who was talking about the fact he'd never actually, you know, done any coding or set up a test net or anything like that. And he was able to get that up and running with the Neo blockchain toolkit on his own machine without any experience at all. That's awesome. You know, let's, I, I want to, what is he thinking of? What, what kinds of problems are he trying to, is he trying to solve? And if we can enable people to be able to do that kind of stuff, that it's just good for the entire ecosystem, the entire Neo community. No, your, your experience and, um, it's, it's really fascinating to, to kind of hear your experience, not only as, uh, as you've grown into the Neo blockchain ecosystem, but also what you learned at Microsoft. So kind of wrapping up and, and leaning a little bit into what you just talked about before we end this call, can you just tell us a little bit about the tutorials that NGD enterprise recently released? Right. So the, again, this comes back to, you know, it, this was the right time to release that kind of stuff because now you're starting to see the, uh, you know, now that we've reached test net release, right. And, and, you know, we had test nets, but you know, the, the truth of the matter is this is, you know, the test net. And so, um, you know, we're this for this release that just came out, we call it release candidate one RC one, you know, we're, we're getting really close and we've, you know, there's going to be an RC two. Owen already opened up the GitHub issue for it. So, you know, we know we're not done. Um, but we're getting really close. And so um, we want people to, 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 you know, figure out how to get, it's daunting. It's daunting to approach a new problem space, right? And so even if you're an experienced .NET developer, like, you know, I'm obviously a pretty experienced .NET developer personally, um, but, you know, coming to the ecosystem, coming to Neo, you know, I don't have a background in blockchain um, prior to, to working with Neo. Um, 
I, you know, my experience is platform and tools. And so I bring a very different perspective to this and it can be daunting. You know, it can be really daunting to look at a space that you're not an expert in and, and it's easy to just sort of like try to ignore it or what have you. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is we're make it easier for people to get involved, to get started. And so these short, like 10 minute videos, you know, easily consumable, and you can walk along, you can either just watch it or you can follow along at home. We've spent a lot of time on the samples that to make them easy to consume. Like I was talking, to, I mean, obviously, I was bragging a little bit earlier about the the way that uh, offline mode works, so that it really reduces, you know, the the developer interloop. But it also means that when you download, you know, once you have the tools installed, you clone the repo, and it just works. Boom! Out of the box, you get tests, you get you know the contract, you you know it, it automatically deploys it, it does all those things. It's it's actually a really cool demo to go like you just it's it Microsoft you know Microsoft owns GitHub now and and Microsoft has been working on this cloud based programming environment based around Visual Studio Code um, called Code Spaces. They've recently rebranded it uh, from Visual Studio Code Spaces to GitHub Code Spaces, and that experience in GitHub is actually awesome, right? There's a big green button where you say I want to clone this project. And it's a drop down. And so now you can say, I want to clone the project. I want to clone, you know, or I want to just open it up in, in code spaces. So like you click that code spaces button and like 30 seconds later, you have a browser-based environment, which is running some Docker container in the cloud. And it's completely configured exactly the way that I want it. So like it automatically installs, it's running Linux and Linux uh, has a couple of, uh, of packages that have to be installed so that Neo Express can run. Right. If you don't have those installed, Neo Express fails. So we just install those for you automatically. And so as soon as you're ready to go, all you have to do is build and test. Boom. And you're up and running in 30 seconds. Um, even stuff like, oh, in Neo Express, create. Right. Boom. You've got a new blockchain. It takes you. I, I, I was talking to Longfei from the the. The, the Neo Foundation the other day, there, there's a document about how to set up a local net using Neo CLI. And I'm like, I can do that. I can do it in Neo Express faster than you can read this document, right? I, I Neo Express create, boom, I'm done. It takes like literally no time at all. And so um, that, I feel like I'm gotten a little bit off track here. <laughs> Sorry about that, Dylan. Um, but like, that's what I know. That's what I bring to this organization and this community. And, and, and I'm obviously not the only one who has that expertise, but that's just where my specialties are. I know what I'm really good at and, 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 you know, platforms and tools are where it is. And, and in particularly in this community, it's my focus is on the tools. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, the contributions I've made to the core platform have primarily been around things that help the developer experience. Um, and so, uh, it's a great community. I'm really excited to be working with it. And I'm obviously there's a lot of things that I've brought from my past, uh, you know, learnings that I've learned, but I've learned so much in the last two years working in this community. And I, I'm really thankful actually for this opportunity to continue to, uh, to be, um, uh, to be one of the, the, the folks involved in this. And they're, they're just a great group of people. And the, what's really fascinating about it is that, while there's clearly like Microsoft is a, is like a gravity well for the community, right? It is just such a gigantic part of it. And, and, and everything else is this, like, you know, it's like the sun and like little teeny asteroids revolving around it. And Neo is a much more decentralized community, uh, probably cause it's a, you know, it's obviously a decentralized technology. Um, 
and, and while there's obviously a lot of strong influence that that NGD Shanghai uh, uh, you know provides for the community, it's nowhere near as it, it. There's a lot more opportunity to be successful within the community. I think in a community the size of something like Neo, relative to the just I mean, obviously Microsoft is just massive in scope, and so like making a difference in this community is it's rewarding and it's it it's as i said it's it's feasible in a way that it's just really hard to make that kind of contribution at microsoft uh, in the microsoft community not just at microsoft right and so um it, it's been great for me personally um i i uh I, i'm very thankful that i you know uh it was obviously you know explaining to my friends at microsoft that when i was leaving to go work for a chinese cryptocurrency company they were like you're doing what um and uh I, I I don't think any of them two years out would be like, yeah, I, I I can see why you did that. That that makes perfect sense now. Like in retrospect, it makes sense. And and it's uh it, it's it's just been great and I really enjoy it. Awesome, Harry. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I mean, you and your team have been hammering developers, developers, developers since NGD Seattle, now NGD Enterprise was initially launched at DevCon 2. And I think yep. that that now after the years of hard work that you and your team and the rest of the community have put into developing N3, it's really our time to shine. So uh, I I'm, know- I'm looking forward to being able to do a lot more time talking about what we've been doing as opposed to actually building it. Right? Absolutely. And I know that I speak for not only Neo News today, but a lot of the people in the Neo ecosystem. Like we thank you a lot for the efforts that you guys have been putting in and we look forward to the continued efforts. Yeah, well, without you and without the people who are the who are you know building on Neo and are fans of Neo and are holding Neo, right? There'd be no point to it. So I thank you too. I mean, there's uh, it. It's you know, it's a partnership. Everybody, everybody wins. That's the goal. Well, I'm looking forward to to cheersing you to that statement sometime <laughs> in the future. Sounds good, man. All right, thanks a lot, Harry. Well, what did you think of that conversation? It was awesome to hear Harry discuss the focus on the developer experience and what NGD Enterprise is bringing to the table in terms of tooling, tutorials, walkthroughs, and experience. And it also resonated with me when Harry said his peers were taken aback when he had initially left Microsoft for Neo, but today they say in retrospect, it makes more sense. To keep up to date with the latest in the NEO ecosystem, visit www.neonewstoday.com. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify. And leave a five-star review if you feel that others should hear our content. Every subscription and review helps others learn more about the NEO News Today podcast and the NEO ecosystem. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Neo News Today podcast, and we look forward to catching you next time. <laughs>